How's everybody doing? Everybody's Thanksgiving was good, I trust. You guys all made it here. Woo, yeah. Okay, when I'm preaching, don't be afraid to, like, be vocal. There you go. Amen. You have no idea how encouraging that is. When I come on, I wore a suit for this. I dressed up for this. No, but, you know, I, I was thinking for the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about one thing, and that is time. And what got me thinking about time was the fact that we, we got into daylight savings time. Right? I guess the end of daylight savings time, is that right? It's over now. I don't, I, I don't keep up. I don't care. I hate daylight. Anybody with me that hates daylight saving time? See, there it is. Cannot stand it. Never have been a morning person. It's all great right now. That whole fallback thing. You get to. It seems like you get to kind of sleep in for that extra hour. It seems like. But then you guys wait for a few months, and we'll all be like, no one will be here on time, and it'll just. It's going to be awful. I can't stand it. But it's. It got me thinking. It got me thinking about just time in general. I started kind of thinking to myself and wondering, okay, what is what might God have to say about time and how we spend our time, how we use our time? What do we do with our time minute to minute each day? And and what would he tell us to do with our time? Would he would he have us be running around trying to do a bunch of things and and earn his favor somehow? Or would he just tell us simply, hey, hey, child, relax. Rest in me. Enjoy the peace that I've given you. Enjoy the, the things that I've given you in this world. And, and I looked in his, in his word, which we call the Bible, for the answers. How many of you guys understand and realize that that's where the answers are? Okay? I have not found a problem that I can't find the answer to in that book that we call the Bible. The only thing I haven't been able to find is how to program my DVD player. But it's probably there. I just, I just haven't found it yet. It's got to be there someplace. But I started looking in God's word. And he does, in fact, have a few things to say to us when it comes to the subject of time and how we spend our time, what we do with it. One of the first things I found was in Ephesians chapter 5. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 read, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The the message translation says it like this. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. And I got to thinking, desperate and evil that's not what I wanted to hear at all. That's, that sounds kind of scary when you think about it. That's, that's one of those verses in the Bible that kind of frightens me a little bit. Evil days and, and pay attention because it's going to be horrible. That's not a, you know, it doesn't seem like that's something that I want to, I want. You know? How many of you guys want to come home and your, your spouse goes, well, how was your day, honey? Evil. You know, unless some child comes into my office at the youth group and their head is actually spinning 360 degrees, I probably wouldn't describe my day as evil when I got home. Probably. I don't know. But, you know, most of us don't have jobs that would make us describe our day as evil. So what is what is he trying to what's what's God telling us in his word here about evil days? I I don't think it's so much that I think it's more along the lines of the idea that, guys, there is a. Very real spiritual battle going on 
for your and my souls. And it has very real, tangible consequences in our lives, both as Christians and non-Christians alike. If you're a Christian today, you are going to face all sorts of trials and tribulations and difficulties and temptations in your day-to-day life. If you're a non-Christian, same goes for you. Okay, we like to think that we're, we're safe and secure, but, you know, frankly, we need to pay attention. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, you know, Christians through the ages have faced persecution, have faced difficult times. And just because we live in America and breathe air doesn't make us any different from every other Christian that's come before us. So there are all sorts of things that are in place that can shift our focus from the things of God to the things of the world, to the things of man. And, and some of those things are really obvious. Some of those things, you can drive down the highway at 60 miles an hour and see a sign go by, and you know for a fact that that is not someplace you should be, not someplace you want to go, not something you should be interested in as a Christian. But guys, there are a lot of other things that are a lot more subtle, that are a lot more sort of innocent, if you will. Things that seem totally harmless. Things like... Uh, nail files. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. How many of us are guilty, don't raise your hand, of doing a little cuticle maintenance once in a while during a sermon? <laughs> Tom, don't raise your hand. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to come down on you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just trying to make you feel appropriately guilty. Okay? No. But seriously, there's little things like that. A quick little Facebook status check, a little status update, a, a quick tweet during the sermon. Even if it's something that I said that's really great, that's an awesome soundbite, I should tweet that. Well, guess what? While you're doing that, I might say something really, really even better. I might say something that was the whole reason that God brought you here this morning. And you missed it. You missed it. Again, I'm not down on you. I'm just saying there's little things that shift our attention and shift our focus from God. And those little things, even for a minute or two, can cause us to miss the one thing that God brought you here to hear. The whole reason he brought us together today, you could miss it. Because we're preoccupied with lots of other things going on with our lives. Paul understood this. He tells the Colossians... In uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, he tells them, set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. So, you guys, what we're facing today is really no different than what Christians were facing thousands of years ago. He tells the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 8, he says, finally, brethren, you remember this? Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Don't just let it just go through your brain like a freight train. Meditate on it. Hold your hand over your ear. Keep it in there for a minute. If you see a great sunset, stop. Enjoy it for a minute. Meditate on it. Praise the one who put it there for you. It's it's in my way of saying it's 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 God's way, really, of saying Stop and smell the roses once in a while. Meditate on those things that are praiseworthy and lovely and pure and true. Don't let them go by. Don't let it slip away. Don't miss it. Pay attention to what's going on around you. 
Okay? I'm not trying to beat you guys over the head with a Bible. The things that we think about, the things that we say, the things that we, that we do may not in and of themselves be evil. I don't think anyone here is going to go to hell because you were playing Angry Birds during the worship set or something. It's not what I'm saying. But anything that draws us just a little further from God makes it that much easier for our enemy to gain a foothold in our lives, doesn't it? It just takes a little step and a little step and a little compromise here and a little justification there. And suddenly we're miles from where we started. We've drifted. So church, take control of our thoughts. Let's do that. Let's use our time wisely as God would have us. Now something else that I found God teaching us about time, we need to use our time preparing. We need to use our time in preparation for eternity. You guys understand, that's where we're headed, right? We're eternal beings. We want to be spending our time preparing for that eternity with God, getting to know Him. We need to realize that our decisions have an impact, not just in our own lives, but in other lives. And not just our own eternity, but other eternities. Stop and think about this with me for a second. Realize with me for just a minute here that every decision that we make, every minute of every day, has some effect on not just our lives, but on the lives of other people. And not just our eternity, but other people's eternities as well. People we may or may not even know. I found a really great little sermon illustration that I want to show you that, that gets this across. But keep that in mind as we watch this scene. This is from a movie called, and an old book, and a movie called The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I want you guys to watch this for a second. And there should be sound. Accidental by design. There's not a thing we can do about it. A woman in Paris was on her way to go shopping. But she had forgotten her coat. Went back to get it. When she had gotten her coat, the phone had rung. So she had stopped to answer it and talked for a couple of minutes. While the woman was on the phone, Daisy was rehearsing for a performance at the Paris Opera House. And while she was rehearsing, the woman off the phone now and gone outside to get a taxi. Now a taxi driver had dropped off a fare earlier and had stopped to get a cup of coffee. And all the while Daisy was rehearsing. And this cab driver who dropped off the earlier fare and had stopped to get the cup of coffee and picked up the lady who was going shopping and missed getting the other cab. Taxi had to stop for a man crossing the street who had left for work five minutes later than he normally did because he forgot to set his alarm. While that man, late for work, was crossing the street, Daisy had finished her husband and was taking a shower. And while Daisy was showering, the taxi was waiting outside a boutique for the woman to pick up a package which hadn't been wrapped yet because the girl who was supposed to wrap it had broken up with her boyfriend the night before and forgotten. When the package was wrapped, the woman was back in the cab, blocked by a delivery truck, all the while Daisy was getting dressed. The delivery truck pulled away and the taxi was able to move, while Daisy, the last to be dressed, waited for one of the friends who had broken a shoelace. 
While the taxi was stopped, waiting for a traffic light, Daisy and a friend came out the back of the theater. And if only one thing had happened differently, if that shoelace hadn't broken, or that delivery truck had moved moments earlier, or that package had been wrapped and ready because the girl hadn't broken up with a boyfriend, or that man had set his alarm and got up five minutes earlier, or that taxi driver hadn't stopped for a cup of coffee, or that woman had remembered her coat and got into an earlier cab, Daisy and her friend would have crossed the street and the taxi would have driven by. lives and incidents out of anyone's control. That taxi did not go by, and that driver was momentarily distracted. And that taxi hit Daisy. And her leg was crushed. Now that might seem far-fetched. That might seem like something that only could happen in Hollywood or only could happen in a fictional novel. But who here has not experienced or had something happen similar to that? Lost somebody in a really strange way or an unexpected way. We have all had this happen. If we had just left the house one stoplight earlier or later. We've all seen things like this go down in our lives. See, a small rudder determines the direction of a giant ship. Josh and Aaron just got back from their cruise. Caribbean cruise, Josh? Yep. Yep. If their captain of that ship had moved this big wheel in the ship just a couple of inches, their Caribbean cruise could have easily turned into a European cruise. Okay? It doesn't take much. So understand that. A small rudder determines the direction of a big ship. And so, and, and Paul got this too. Paul understood the concept in his second letter to the Corinthians. In chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, he writes, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I love that verse. Today, now is the time. Not when I get a minute. Not when I'm through living my life the way I want to live it. Not when I finish doing what I'm doing. Not when the game's over. Not when I feel like it. But now. Not when I feel like my heart could stop at any second, so maybe I should get right. Right now. Today is the day of salvation. We have no guarantees in this life. We have no guarantees of life. Guys, we cannot afford to put this off. We cannot afford to be shy about our faith. We can't afford to be shy about asking Uncle Frank to church because we don't want to offend him and he might not come back to dinner next year. We can't afford to not say something to those who we love, those we care about, those in our circle of friends and family, because we're worried that we might offend them. Guys, if they don't come back for dinner next year, it may be for a whole other reason. It may be too late. Next week may be too late. Tomorrow may be too late. We cannot afford to put it off. Let me give you a tip. The holidays are coming up. Okay? And I've talked about this before with some of you. But um, 
I have, a, I have family who is not Christian, family who are not Christian, and I'm probably not alone. You guys, some of you have family that some of them aren't necessarily Christians. And because of that fact, is it just me? Or do, because you go to church on Sunday, do you get elected every year to give the obligatory mealtime prayer over the holiday dinner? Huh? Okay, it's not just me. Good. Guys, use that time. You've got a captive audience. What are they going to do? What are they going to leave? Come on. The turkey's right there. The ham's right there. The whatever. The roast beast. It's right there. They're not going to go anywhere. And so you just work that into your mealtime prayer. Okay? While you're blessing the turkey and the cranberries and the gravy, you go ahead and, and say, And Lord, I know right here at this table that there are those of us who don't know you, who need a relationship with you. And right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, right? Just slip a little invitational in there. You never know. Uncle Frank might get saved, huh? Christmas miracles happen at your house. But it's true. There's your chance. You've got a captive audience. Make it. Use the time. Use your time wisely. And the point, though, guys, all kidding aside, is that we just don't know. We don't know how much time we have. And so let's try to use every moment we can that God gives us. Let's use it wisely, preparing in preparation for eternity. Because you don't know when your last minute will be. Okay? It's been said that the richest man on earth would trade everything he has for five minutes on his last day. And I believe that's true. And it's, it's simple economics, business majors. It's the law of supply and demand, isn't it? The less there is of something, the more valuable it becomes. The same is true of time. The, the fewer minutes you have left of your life, the more precious those minutes are. See, the trick is... We don't know how many minutes we have. It's, it's, it's impossible for us to, to realize that. And so we need to place a value on our time that's appropriate to the fact that we don't know how much of it there is. We need to treat every minute as if it's precious, because it is. Guys, James 4.14 says, You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist it appears for a little while, then vanishes. Guys, the mortality rate on planet Earth is 100%. Sorry. It's a lousy stat, I know. I don't like it either. But seriously, even Jesus died. Okay, now he was resurrected, but he did die. And we like to act like that's not going to happen to us. Like we're never going to die. But guys, how do you suppose that's going to work out? Poorly, unless Jesus comes back before this glorious body of mine conks out, I will die one day. Happy thoughts today. Aren't you glad you came to church? Let's pray. No, but it's, it's, it's not like I want you guys to walk around with this horrible, uh, morbid, doom and gloom sort of uh, attitude. OK, I, I don't want you to do that. I want you to enjoy your life because as Christians, guys, you should be more in love with life and have a greater understanding of how precious and how valuable your time and your life is than anybody else. We should be excited every day to be Christians because we never know Jesus might come back. I want to be prepared for that. 
See, we were were intended to enjoy this life. Jesus came that we would have life and life what? More abundantly, right? Not just life, but Zoe life, God-filled life. And so enjoy your life. Enjoy your time. Don't get all crazy on me. Don't stop paying your taxes or anything like that. Just enjoy your time in this life. Make the most of every minute because you don't know which one is your last. You cannot hold on to time. And you don't get to keep your stuff at the end of your time. I have never in my life seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. You don't get to take it with you. The old saying is true. So enjoy it while you've got it. But realize that all of the stuff that we work so hard to accumulate, all of the, the stuff that we have worked our entire lives for, all that, those, great, those great material things that we hold so dearly is going to go to someone who has never worked a day for it or to the highest bidder. And that's just the simple fact. It's just the simple truth of it. So don't put your, your stock in your stuff. You don't get to take it with you. You don't get to keep it. And we, we like to try to do that. We buy all this stuff trying to reclaim our youth, don't we? Or hold on to our youth. Trying to defy age. You guys have heard that commercial? Age defying? We spend all kinds of time and money trying to retain our youthful appearance, our youthful attitudes. And guys, don't go looking around at the women because we do it too. We do it too. They get the creams and the lotions and the makeup and the hair dyes and the whatever else. We go buy a Corvette. All right. That's just, we try to hold on to our time to maintain, retain, reclaim our youth somehow, don't we? We just do. But what's more important to leave behind are your words, is your time. You see, your time is precious. And as you pour it into other people, you're giving them something more than just stuff. You're giving them, exactly, you're giving them uh, insight. You're giving them advice. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, King David called Solomon And it reads, King David, when he knew he was dying, sent for Solomon and he said to him, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. He left behind words of advice. Okay, let it be a lesson when it's when our time comes, the things that we leave behind that matter the most, the things that we leave behind that are of the most value to the ones you care about, the ones you love are your experiences with them. The time that you spent with them. Your, your advice to them is much more important than your savings account. Or your 401k. Or your insurance money. That's not what they want. It's pour your time. Spend your time in, with them. And, and pour that into their lives instead. And start doing it now. Because you don't know what can happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen to us this afternoon. I have no idea. And it's 2012, and Dick Clark is no longer with us, and the Mayans might have it right. Okay? The first year when there's no Dick Clark, New Year's countdown, and it's supposed to be the last one. I don't know. All right, that was one of the jokes. Okay. I'll stop now. But, guys, just realize, our time is fleeting. That's all I'm trying to say. It's uncertain. 
And by uncertain, I mean, if I gave you a calendar and asked you to please put an X on, on the day that you are going to pass away, I don't think you could do it. Not many of us could do it. Even doctors cannot tell you when your last day will be. They can give a prognosis. They can give an estimate based on what they think, but they really can't say with any real certainty. And I'll tell you a story about that. My grandmother was dying on my mom's side. She was dying. um, And uh, my mom called me up and she said, uh, Jeff, uh, grandma is not looking good. Um, We think that today is probably um, her day. And would you please come over and pray with with uh, with her again? The obligatory Christian prayer, right? So, so I'm like, sure, Mom, I'll, I'll come over. So I went over there, and we sat there, and all of the kids, all of her kids were gathered up. My uncle and my aunt, my mom were all there, gathered around my grandmother's bed. And Grandma did not look good. And uh, so we prayed. We, we anointed her with oil. We prayed. Um, and uh, we waited. And we waited. We waited some more. Finally, my mom said, hey, Jeff, go ahead and why don't you just go ahead and go home and I'll call you when something happens. So I went ahead and went home and that call never came. (laughs) My mom finally called me back hours later and come to find out after I had left, uh, grandma got up out of bed. She went outside, smoked a cigarette or two, (laughs) came back to bed. All of my aunts and uncles were completely upset with me. They're like, we can't go through this again. We're not calling you next time. You healed her. So they didn't call me the next time. But that's that's all I'm saying. You know, the point is, you just we just don't know. Even when we think we know, we don't know. You know, I mean, Proverbs 27 one says, do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day may bring. Guys, thousands of people have died today. Just, just in the time that, that we've even been here. Since last night to today. Thousands of people. Some younger than anyone in this room. A lot of them never suspected that today was their last day. And do you think church, that they might have spent yesterday differently if they had known that today was their last. All that time, just just lost. And and once it's lost, we we can't get it back, can we? It's just gone. We, We say things like, I need to catch up on my sleep, but you really can't. Once, once you've lost your hours of sleep, the only way you can catch up on it is if you spend time sleeping that you would have spent doing something else. Time is time. It's gone. And every minute is precious. It never comes back. Every second that goes by is never coming back. And believe me, I used to work at, in radio. I used to work for a national radio network. And if you don't believe that 60 seconds is a long time... Try dead silence on a radio network for 60 seconds. Okay? That is an eternity. People get fired over 60 seconds. Okay? And, and we need to just realize that. 
Every minute is precious. Even Jesus realized that his time on earth was limited. He says in John 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. He understood that he was on a truncated timetable. The only time that's unlimited is eternity. And only God can grant us that eternity. It's, we can't even get our heads around it. John 3.16 Everybody knows this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those of you who like to circle stuff in your Bible, circle the word everlasting. And think about that. Think about how long that is. We have no idea. And it's not just life. Again, it's that Zoe life that that was promised to us. Life and life abundantly. Life as God would live it, full, peaceful, joyful, unending love, merciful, graceful, all of those awesome adjectives that describe God, that's eternity for those who will follow him, for those who will believe in him. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm in. Sign me up for that. I want that. Again, those people before, those people who have passed away today, if they had known that today was their last one, was their last day, do you think they might have given their hearts and their lives to follow Christ? Do you think they might have, if they had known, if they had understood the value of their time? Do we? Do you? Today is the day of salvation. Make no mistake, tomorrow is promised to no one. And again, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm not trying to frighten you. I'm not trying to uh, ruin your holidays before they ever even start. I'm saying, spend a little time meditating on those things, those things of, of heaven, not of earth. If you have not made a commitment in your life to Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Now is your time. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not when you get your life together. You commit to Christ today. Let him get your life together. Maybe you've made a commitment to Christ in the past. Maybe you've, you've, you've taken that step in your life and maybe you've taken a couple more steps back the other way. Maybe you've done a little drifting yourself. It can't happen. But guys, now is the time to recommit or to commit yourself to this Jesus that we follow, this Jesus that we talk about, this Jesus that we worship. I'll go ahead and ask the worship team to go ahead and come back up. But guys, I want you to think about this for a second. And if you're one of those people that I've talked about today, if you've drifted away, If you've never really made a commitment, but you need to, and you know you need to, and I've given you some sort of understanding about how valuable your time is, I'm going to ask for some of our elders to just come and and worship up towards the front with us, and they'll just be here. And if you need whatever it is you may need, you may need healing in your life. You may need some some sort of uh, uh, just some counsel, some advice. 
some wisdom. That's what your elders are here for. And so I've asked them to kind of come towards the front and to be available for anyone who would like to talk about this, who would like to pray about this, who would, who would like to, if you knew today was your last day, would you recommit? Would you, would you refocus? Would you reset your sights on things above? We would love to talk to you. We would love to pray with you. We would love to agree with you and, and show you and teach you. That's why we're here. It's why we come every, every Sunday. It's why we gather up like this, is to edify one another. And so would you take a step today? Would you stand and take a step forward and talk to these guys? Would you live today differently if you knew today was your last day? Father God, help us to redeem our time in such a way that we would benefit not just ourselves, Lord, not just the people around us, but God, that we would live in a way that's pleasing to you, a way that honors you and glorifies you, God. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us to number our days, that you would help us and give us the grace to walk in your way, that you would give us strength, that you would give us wisdom and understanding. Lord, we come to you for all things, and we know that in you all things are found. We love you, we praise you, and we worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you need prayer, please go ahead and and just come forward and join us.